Hello, hello, hello. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. If you share a pipeline goal with your sales team, then you care about the deliverability of your team's outbound emails. No email visibility means no chance to get that meeting. This is the silent nightmare for marketers. We often don't even know that this is happening. The most common cause of it, it's actually an easy one to fix. You're not using the right tool. That's why hundreds of marketers at companies like Mutiny are switching to Apollo.io. Apollo has every tool you need to power your entire outbound and inbound motions. Yep, that's right. I said inbound emails too. You can ask their team about what that is. Marketers using Apollo have seen outbound email deliverability jump from 62% to 98% after making the switch. 98%, that means more replies, more meetings, and of course, more pipeline. Want to see what type of results you can get with Apollo? Head over to apollo.io slash e5, apollo.io slash e5. If you go there right now, their team will set you up with a free account for you. And as a thank you for your time, check this out. You're going to get a free annual membership to Exit 5. That's valued at $275 just for checking them out. And the tool is free. If you're not already a member, this is a great opportunity. And if you are and you want to learn more, go to apollo.io slash e5. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by DemandWell. DemandWell is the best SEO solution for B2B SaaS marketers. They've helped customers like Lessonly drive 40% of their revenue from organic search, and they help Terminus make organic search their number one source of demos. Here's how it works. Number one is results. Demandwell is built for driving the outcomes that B2B marketers care about. Demand, traffic, leads, and revenue. Number two is ease and control. Junior team members can follow recommended steps right in the platform, while experts can customize and maintain full control over their work. Number three is speed. With everything in one platform, Demandwell helps you crank out content that ranks and drives leads in minutes rather than hours. SEO expert or not, you can give Demandwell a try and listeners of the Exit 5 podcast can get a free competitive SEO audit to see just how you're ranking relative to the competition. Go to demandwell.com backslash FOMO, that's F-O-M-O, and you can get a free SEO consultation today right from Demandwell, that's demandwell.com backslash FOMO, F-O-M-O, and you'll get a free SEO consultation today. One, two, three, four, exit. Hey, this episode is from a live session we did. It was myself and Daniel Murray, who runs the Marketing Millennials podcast. We did a session all about LinkedIn, organic LinkedIn, helping you grow your LinkedIn page. All the lessons that Daniel and I have seen and felt and done firsthand uh, when doing a bunch of work on LinkedIn over the last couple of years, specifically for B2B marketing. So if you're in B2B marketing, you're interested in social media, you're specifically interested in LinkedIn, I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Shout out to Daniel and the Marketing Millennials podcast. Make sure you go and check them out for letting us run this. But I thought there was a lot of good stuff in here. So I wanted to grab it for the Exit 5 podcast. Here we go. Yeah, everybody. Thanks for joining today. I'm super excited. I'm Daniel. If you don't know who I am, I'm part of the Marketing Millennials. I'm, I run the Marketing Millennials. Um, if you haven't seen our newsletter or our LinkedIn page, it's probably where you found us from. Today, I'm going to chat with the man DG. He was the OG LinkedIn guy before LinkedIn was actually cool. So super excited. You shouldn't first... actually take any of my advice because my engagement is just gone nowhere. So 
I have no LinkedIn advice to give anybody. I will just give you copywriting and thoughts advice, but I can't tell you what's happening on, on LinkedIn. They turned me down or, or I don't know. And I've heard that from other people, but it's an interesting place to be right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to chat about that too. And what you're seeing in LinkedIn and also just the, how the format is going to go the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, we're just going to chat LinkedIn, chat, copywriting, chat, what to do. And then the next 20 minutes after that, I will bring a couple of people up to audit their profile. So be ready at the end to raise your hand. Also want to give a shout out to my good friends at Chili Piper because they're awesome. They helped put on this event with us. So thank you, Chili Piper. You're always supporting me, the Marketing Millennials, ever since 2016. Love you guys. Go follow them. Go check out their website. They put out great content. And also want to shout out Exit 5, one of the best B2B, actually the best B2B community out there. It is not even one of the best. I've been in Exit 5 for like two years. So go check it out. DG put on a great a great community there. It's live. It's popping off on like other communities where you get one little chat a day. I was trying to get this teed up while you were saying that. Um, that's better that we can really hear. But that's kind of you for the shout out. If you're not in there, sign up and uh, send me a note and let me know that you heard about us here, which I'm sure we will get some folks. So I'm happy to be here. First, I just want to start like DG, how you're the OG of LinkedIn. Could you just give a little background who you are, when you started LinkedIn, when you started your journey on LinkedIn, what you saw on LinkedIn when you started? I mean, I'm probably not the OG. I just see, probably see, I don't remember who it was specifically, but I've just when it comes to marketing, just have always kind of been curious about what people are doing. We kind of found this opportunity where we were posting. So we were posting on LinkedIn because we were selling to B2B companies and we figured that like we that's where they were. And when we started posting there, like the engagement was just was just insane, like compared to what we were posting on Twitter and other channels. And so I think it's not that I have some secrets about LinkedIn. I just was lucky to be there early. And I think it just speaks to the importance of like as a marketer, the more you can be testing channels and testing new ideas, the better. And we were on LinkedIn early and that was we were able to create a huge advantage from that. One thing I want to chat about is why founders and leadership and the power of having personal brands at your company. I know you wrote a book, Founder Brand, that talks about this a little bit, but like, why should a founder start telling this story on social like LinkedIn? The reason we also got on LinkedIn was if you forget marketing for a minute, like you just think about you have a business, right? If you have a business, do you want more people to know about your business or less people to know about? Most of us, we want more people to do that. Okay, great. What makes you want to spend time with someone, a person, a business or whatever? You want to spend time with people who are interesting and have things to say or make you feel good or make you smarter or give you a reason to laugh. And it's like that is if you just simplify marketing it in the simplest form, it's about attracting an audience of people who might be a good fit to buy from you one day. And so as a founder of a company, you can be using social media to do those things. And I understand that there's lots of founders who don't want to do that. But I think that if I'm a founder and I'm looking for advantages and I want to compete and build a successful business, one of the most underrated, although obvious ways is to build a brand and build a following on, on social media. And a lot of people love to try to like shit on personal branding. This has nothing to do with personal branding. This has, to me, it's like, it's actually thought leadership, but it's better than the hiring an expensive PR agency to do it. Because if you're the founder of this company, 
you're living, breathing, sweating, thinking about this business every day. You're talking to partners and customers and investors and advisors, and you're recruiting and you're hiring and you're having to have a, an idea of a point of view about what's happening in this market. All of that stuff is amazing content to attract your dream customers. And so if you're building a product to sell to people who work in HR and you're living in that world every day, talking about those things helps make you more relatable and attractive to HR people. And all of a sudden you can become a resource. And so I think I like to push founders and oftentimes also the founder, it's not like the founder of a company. It's very rare that a founder of a company got into this business because they want to get rich <laughs> or they just, because it's fun. Very often the founder of a company, she starts the company because she has an idea or some big thing happened in this person's life that was a catalyst to starting this company. And I think that stuff is inherently very interesting and that can make for some of the great content that you can use to attract people to your business. But so often we just jump right into like marketing the product and features and benefits and that stuff is important. But I think it's, it's having this balance of both where you can create an advantage. I love that. I think also you did a great job with you came up with the name Exit 5, but you were going back and forth with Exit 5 and more marketing name. But I think it's a cool story for people to hear how you came up with the name Exit 5, because this is going into talking about like a founder story and connecting the story and the, the background of like why the why behind of creating a brand. So I have been wanting to rebrand my community because basically the what happened was two years ago when I left Drift, I was really interested in talking about marketing, but I was going to a new company and I wasn't sure that I was going to have the same type of platform to do it because the company that I was going to, Privy, is more in the B2C space. I didn't really have a lot of experience there or often talk about B2C stuff. And so I was like, well, I gotta, I'm got i going to launch my own blog or podcast anyway uh, where I can talk about this stuff. And I ended up launching it as a paid thing on Patreon and it, it worked really well. We had three, 4,000 paying members in, in the Patreon thing. But it was called DGMG, which is just a Dave Gerhardt marketing group. I just made that name up in two seconds. Um, my business is DGMG LLC. Like that, that's what it is. But I don't care to be like the superstar solo content creator. I don't want to be uh, Dave Gerhardt, the marketing guy forever, like personally. And so I think it was it was important to me to try to unbundle that a little bit. But also that came from this realization that like, oh shit, people are not just here to hear from me. This is becoming something bigger. And so we launched this Facebook group because what people wanted, I got so many messages of people who are like members on Patreon and they're like, look, we love your stuff, but uh, it's not just about you, buddy. We want to talk to the other people here. And I was like, oh wow, that's a great idea. There should be some forum for this. And so the idea actually came from Henry Johnson. Uh, he was like a big fan of uh, My First Million. And he's like, they have an amazing Facebook group. He's like, you might want to launch this on Slack or something, but I'm telling you, Facebook is going to be the move. And I was like, okay, fine, let's do it. Launch a Facebook group. The engagement in the Facebook group from day one has been incredible. And I think that was like a big learning was people are not just here for me. They're here to talk to each other about this thing that they're doing B2B marketing. And so I wanted to try to like unbundle myself from that. And so I wanted to come up with a name that was separate from, from me. So it could be its own media property and maybe could one day live on with or without me. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to rebrand this. I started messing around with the names. I love marketing and I think of myself as a creative person, but I'm very bad at naming things. I always name them very literal 
uh, my first podcast was called Tech in Boston, where I interviewed startup founders in Boston. Like that was my first name, Tech in Boston. My wife gives me a hard time because she's like, everything you name is so literal, literal Tech in Boston, DGMG, Dave Gerhardt Marketing Group. And so I was like starting to go literal for this. I was going to call like, I don't know, b2bmarketing.org or whatever, looked at a million domains. But then I messaged friend of mine, Harry Dry, who is, uh, he runs marketingexamples.com, copywritingexamples.com. And he has a lot of good frameworks for stuff. So I'm like, how should I re, how would you think about naming this? I, I messaged with you a bunch to like bounce ideas off you. I had a couple people that I knew that I bounced ideas off of. Pep from Winter was another one. And Harry was like, well, there's two ways you can name something. You can do literal or you could do lateral. And he kind of explained like, here's what literal is and gave me a bunch of examples. And I'm like, yep, this is kind of what I always do, literal. So then I started messing around with lateral names. And so a lateral name was like, can you come up with a story that can relate to this business? And the story is when I was working in marketing, we lived in Boston and we'd always go up to Vermont for weekends and my wife's parents' house. And it was all week I'm in work, super busy doing stuff, but then I go to the woods and don't do any work. And it's amazing how when you completely unplug from work, that's when you get your best ideas. And so I'd always go to Vermont and on the weekends, I'd come back to work and I'd have like three new ideas and be unstuck on some problem. And so we came up with the name um, Exit 5 because the exit that I took to get to her parents' house is Exit 5. Looked it up. Exit 5 is available. There's a story that I can tell about like, hey, look, Exit 5 was my inspiration and my way to get unstuck on problems in marketing. Exit5.com, the community can be your place now to get unstuck. And that's how we came up with the name. I love it. I think it's funny because Mark Millennials is pretty literal and then yours is like a lateral thing and i have the same story as not the background story but when i wanted to create i was afraid of creating by my by myself under my personal name so i was just like okay let's create the marketing millennials which is going to be like this behind the scenes and i can do whatever i want and be whoever i want and also i know it's hard when you're starting your personal brand and you have to you can't really say everything you want to say because you're working for a company so it was a way for me to start saying some controversial not controversial but funny marketing things that i wouldn't want to say so i think i think there's a great great approach I've, i like have gone at it the other way and like mainly built the audience that i have now has mainly been built through like my name but i think that there's huge benefits to building something without your name also and you're the person behind it and i think that what you've done with marketing millennials is, is a perfect example of that Companies come up to you a lot and ask, should I get on LinkedIn? Should I do social? Should I do brand? How do you tell them to start doing it when a lot of B2B companies are stuck in the mindset of, hey, how could I measure this? Or how could I how could I see real results from posting on social media? So how do you get them to even start to do this? I think I've changed my advice on this a bunch of times, like just as I've learned, I definitely wouldn't encourage everyone to do it because I think it only works if you actually have something to say. And so the biggest mistake is like, yeah, you, you can't just like listen to a podcast and we say like, uh, post some quote images, take a picture of a book you're reading, talk about something that you learned and that's how you grow on LinkedIn. And I think that that was possible maybe two years ago, two, three years ago, or maybe into last year. But I think now it's become such a busy place. Like every channel that like the actual way to stand out and to build an audience, by the way, how will you measure this is like, I think it's kind of obvious because it's a, it's a social media account. How would you measure a TikTok account? You would measure it in how many followers that account now has, because 
if you have the hypothesis that the more followers I have on this property, I will be able to drive more traffic, people, potential customers to my thing. Like that's at least how I think about it. The goal is like, you don't have 10,000 people on your email list, but is it reasonable to like build a a LinkedIn account with 10,000 followers in the next year? Probably. And can you use that to then drive traffic to other things? Because remember the game that you're playing is really like, LinkedIn is a social network, which is like, here's all these people that are in my that my market. They're not all on my website, but they all hang out in this place called LinkedIn. You're trying to go over there to be like, hey, I also have interesting things to say. Come and follow me. Now I'm getting your updates every day. I'm seeing your content. Ultimately, the goal is, is to transfer that audience from LinkedIn to your own channels, whether that's a website, an email list. So I think that's the goal. But I think you have to be a founder who has a strong point of view on your market, a strong point of view on the status quo and what needs to change. You have to have interesting experiences and, and conversations and things to say. There's not just like, a, you can't just take like some cookie cutter, like content template and be like on Monday, post a quote on Tuesday, post an image. Those things also help, but that's like the, just the dressing. I think the meat is having a strong point of view. And so I'm actually working with one founder right now who. I already know is going to be amazing on LinkedIn. They haven't done anything yet, but they're going to be amazing on LinkedIn because they're pushing their industry forward. And like, I see what they're actually working on and what's actually happening inside of the company. And the company is fundamentally has a strong point of view and they're going directly at two kind of competitors and an industry trend and like trying to smash the status quo. That's the perfect type of person to work with to then like, then do those things and create good content. And so I think it's it's got to be rooted in that strong point of view. Uh, there's a question just as I see this now, is this advice only for founders? How can I apply to small brands, new startups? Yeah, I think whether you're a small brand, a new startup, a founder, everything that I just said in the last five minutes can be applied to to you for anything. Even if it's a side project, you're trying to grow an account focused on golf. Like it's, it's the same type of logic. Those are all principles that can be applied where like, if your goal is to build an audience around X topic, because it's valuable to your business to be known for that topic. Yeah. And I, that's what I was about to add in is I think before you start go posting on any social media, especially for a personal brand, you have to figure out what you're known for and what you want to be known for. And also as a brand too, as a company, when you start that profile, you want to be known for X in that industry, whether it's the best content marketing agency out there or the best thing. So what do you start doing to be known as the best content marketing agency? Start talking about content marketing. Start talking about how to do content marketing, give valuable advice to your audience. And one thing that people mess up the most is like, it's not about you. Like it's about what value you can provide at the end. It is about you in the sense that it's your story, but at the same time, a lot of people want something out of it. They don't care. They like your story, but they want something out of it. So on the, on the personal page side, on the company page side, you have to start giving valuable advice for whatever you're doing. If you're content marketing, talk about content marketing. If you're a dentist, I wouldn't maybe dentist is a bad example, but say you're a SaaS marketing company, you start talking about how to be a better marketer and start bringing marketers in your audience and then those eventually become buyers it's it's but it all starts with 
having what your end goal of what you want to be known for because otherwise you screwed yeah. because you just look i think no reason. we can use an example that like we all have probably had in our personal lives this is very relatable to any business so like i last year i wanted to get more into yoga like in addition to weightlifting i wanted to get more into yoga so i'm on instagram i'm on youtube you're watching all different types of stuff from all different types of people finally i find this one channel and they had a particular type it was like it was like yoga for athletes and yoga for people who don't believe in yoga Ooh, that's a cool little niche like okay cool that was attractive to me that's kind of what i'm what i'm here to do i'm not trying to become a, a lifetime yogi i just want to get a little bit more flexibility okay now i'm following that person on instagram i see that they post these daily youtube videos with like a, a 30 minute workout every single day i start following them i tell a bunch of friends about that then they have actually a paid channel where you can get hour-long workouts plus like um, calendar printouts and a bunch of other things. So I subscribe to that. That's like a real-life example that we all go. We all have done that one, two, three, four times a month. We do that with consumer brands. I think it's no different for thinking about a business. You sell HR software. You sell finance software. My opinion is that the best marketing strategy you can have is to become an expert in that industry. And so like, who are you to sell finance software? You're just some random person off the street. Oh no, actually you and your co-founder, I just spent the last 15 years uh, running finance at X company and you found this big problem and you, you raised $20 million of venture capital money to go and build this company and do it. Okay. That's a huge ingredient to be trading with from a marketing standpoint. Right. And this is not just for like venture backed startups. I think that's, that's true in, in any example. Like, um, if you look at, uh, Amanda from like house of wise, uh, Hey, so I created exit five to help you build a successful career in B2B marketing. First, it started off as my private podcast on Patreon. And many of you who listen to this today probably are OGs. And remember that I was talking about my lessons and learnings going from PR intern to CMO. Then it morphed into a Facebook group and quickly became one of the top resources for marketers in B2B SaaS. Today, this is a full-blown company. We have three full-time employees and ambitions to grow the team and keep building and hire more people this year. And we're investing in everything that's working, which right now is everything. It's amazing. We're making a big update to our community. We're doubling down on this podcast to serve the 5,000 people that listen every week. We're investing in our newsletter and written content to help the 16,000 people that get our emails. We're even hosting our first in-person event in September. We're building Exit 5 to help you grow your career in B2B marketing because really there's no school for B2B marketing. You can't get a degree in how to build pipeline and there isn't a playbook for how to get promoted in your career. And that's why I'm telling you right now to go and join the Exit 5 community. Go to Exit 5.com. You can click join right there. There's a free seven day trial. So if you're listening to this podcast, if you are one of those 5,000 people that listen to this podcast every single week and you have not joined our community yet, go and do that. At least go and check out the seven day free trial. You'll sign up, you'll put your credit card in, but we don't bill you until seven days. It's a seven day free trial. And this is, Dave, this is really Dave. We really do all of this. I want to build a company that is customer friendly. And that means that if you sign up, and two weeks into this thing, you realize it's not for you, you can email us and cancel. But I want you to go check it out. It's a seven-day free trial. Go to exit5.com. You can get in our community and you'll see why it's so much more than just a discussion forum. Exit 5 is a B2B marketing resource that's there for you when you need it the most. When your boss comes to you and says, hey, we need you to come up with an ABM strategy for this year and you've never done that before. You go to Exit 5 and you ask that question or you go and search the hundreds of posts before you. When you want to look for a new job but you're not ready to post about it on LinkedIn yet, you can quietly 
constantly browse for open roles to see who's hiring inside of Exit 5. Or maybe you need to build a peer group of other people in your job function, but LinkedIn is too broad to dig through. You can find out who else works in product marketing in your niche or who else, who else is a director in the $1 million to $10 million company range. You can do that inside of Exit 5. Maybe you want freelance, maybe you like you need to make a video in a pinch and you need recommendations for a freelance videographer that can work on your next product launch video and they're located in the US and within your range of budget. That is why we built Exit 5 and that's what you can go in there and do. So go and check it out, exit5.com, start a free trial and we'll see you inside of the community. Uh, she does a good job of like, they don't just talk about the product, she like lives, she talks about all of the things like how that company was was created and the, the problems that she experienced or the challenges she, she experienced personally, that becomes then content. And by the way, the solution is, oh, it happens to be this this company that that we're building, right? I think that, I mean, you did a great job and a lot of founders. Is, I think there's two strategies. is either you showing expertise or you building in public and showing them what you're doing behind the scenes and giving them the behind the scenes version of it. Let's just pause on that for a second. Cause I think like, I think that building in public is one way you can do it. I also think there is another way to be successful now, which is like, you know, building in public doesn't have to mean like, you know, selfie of me at work. Here's me doing this thing. Like that doesn't work for everybody. And a lot of people that either is not comfortable for them to do, or like, I think the negative side of that is you're op you open yourself up to a lot of like, just People can be jerks online and like you you open yourself up to that. But I think what does work is like you you don't have to be the face, but your company has to be like the source of expertise. And I think like the greatest example is we did this at Drift. Like we became resources for conversational marketing. Hey, we created this new way of doing marketing. It's called conversational marketing. Here's our way of doing it. You're going to listen to our podcast and learn about it and help your job. You're going to read our blog. You're going to get our emails. HubSpot is like the OG, like this is the greatest example of this. They, they built a whole movement around inbound marketing and they said, we make inbound marketing software, but the reason that you're listening to our podcast, watching our videos, subscribing to our blog is because we're teaching you about a way to get better at your job and get promoted and get more love from your team at work and help your company grow faster. And so we're going to teach you inbound marketing. I think that one example is like still today can be applied to, to any business. Do you have to do it? No. Is it my opinion? I know you feel the same way. That's why we're doing this is like, it's my opinion. That's the, the marketing strategy that I like the most. There's definitely other ways to do it. That's the like survivor bias that I have of the companies that I've worked at. But that's how we've we've treated it. It's like, let's use the company to become the number one resource for our dream customer. And if they do that and we have the right product to match, we can build an audience and then we'll have a product to sell to them. I also want to go back to even like the simplest form of like creating an audience, which is a lot of people give up after like the first month or two or don't stay consistent on delivering that message. And they're like, okay, after a month, I don't see any traction. Like, let's step out. Like, for example, DG, it probably took him two to three years to even like a year to for even people to recognize him on LinkedIn. And now then people had to recognize him and then he became a bigger name and a bigger name and a bigger name. It takes time. And I think a lot of it is like, committing to that who you are, what you want to do on social media, who you want to be known for and start doing it consistently, I think, and have that patience to wait it out a little bit. Because I think for me, even the first six months, I don't even think anybody read my content. I think like five people probably liked it. And part of it was some people like my mom and 
my girlfriend at the time is not my wife, but there wasn't a lot of people liking uh, my content. Yeah, I think that's true for any, and I think like your your advice is true for any for any channel. Whether you're, I, I would give the same advice if you're trying to grow. It, it starts with nobody should just do this because somebody told you to do it. It, it needs to start with like you using your own brain and coming up with a hypothesis about how you're going to grow your your thing. Oh, okay. We think that LinkedIn might be like right now. I'm investing in TikTok for uh, Exit Five because I have a belief. Because here's like a real thought process: Exit Five is great, continues to grow. I think it can grow more. I think one of the underinvested in channels. I'm not the first person to say go on TikTok. It's not what I'm saying. I think that if I look across the other competitors to Exit Five or other offerings in the market, when it comes to B2B marketing content, there's very little B2B marketing content on TikTok. I've seen how videos work with Exit Five on LinkedIn and in the Facebook group. I'm making a bet that TikTok will be a platform that we can grow an audience on and take advantage of the all of the eyeballs there. And so the reason I'm investing in TikTok is to grow a following there. The way I'm going to measure if that's working or not is first, you can't measure, you also can't measure all these things at once. First, my very first metric is going to be some type of follower number because why that's the equivalent of like website traffic. Do you have people there? Are there eyeballs? And so let's say we grow that page to 10, 20, 30,000 followers in, in a year. Would I be happy with that? seems right. Okay. Roughly seems right. Let's look at other pages. These people have 2000 followers. This page has a million, probably can't do that. This is how, like, I think real people think about this stuff. It's not a, it's not always this like perfectly quantifiable spreadsheet to make these decisions. Okay. So I think, I think this is going to work right now. All I'm worrying about over the next six months is good content and putting out relevant and interesting and educational and entertaining content, focus on B2B marketing. Can that start to grow following? Then if we fast forward six months from now and it's like, holy shit, there's a great following on Exit 5, but I haven't seen any new members from it. Now I'm going to shift my focus. Now we're going to do two things, right? We're going to try to continue to build this audience, but we're also going to then try to drive people to Exit 5. I mean, we applied the same framework to like building Drift in the early days. We, we didn't have three competing goals. It was like step one was build an audience. Step two, prove that that audience could actually would sign up and use the, uh, would sign up for the product. Step three, prove that that audience would actually use the product. Step four, prove that that audience would actually pay for the, for it. And so like that type of thinking, you can simplify this all the way down. You have to have a, a point of view. You can't just be like, well, I'm going to be on LinkedIn. I'm going to half-ass do it. No, like, why do you want to do this? Why is this the channel? Maybe it's not LinkedIn. Maybe it's YouTube. Maybe it's Instagram. Maybe it's in a newsletter. Maybe it's an event. Have a hypothesis. Put some thought into that, about this about what could I do here? If I post here regularly and create interesting content, could I build an audience about X topic? And if I did that, what would the benefits of that be? Like, I think that's how you come up with initial goals for social media. It's it's not as easy as like, we want to grow from, we want to go from zero followers to 5,000. Because I bet you right now, you have almost half a million followers on the uh, Marketing Millennials podcast. I bet you grew that page for two, three years before you were like, oh, what, what should a goal for this? It just, it just happens. And I think you have to do this and make the, make the bet that yes, I'm going to do this for a year six months to a year. And I would, I would say that any channel could, should you do YouTube for two weeks and quit? Is that going to work? Should you do Instagram for two weeks and quit? Is that going to work? Should you go to the gym for two weeks and quit? It's, it's the same type of thing. Just apply to, to marketing. I love that. I love the, I love also the intentional focus on one channel and figuring it out in one goal, because I think that's where a lot of people lose is they measuring 10 things at once. And if the one of those things aren't working, they're like, oh, okay, let's scrap this idea. 
I want to start bringing people up. So if you want to raise your hand and come up and we can either answer your question or answer a question about your LinkedIn page, you just raise your hand and I'll bring up people here. I know there's some questions in the chat too that we can answer while people raise their Let me, hand. Uh, you pull up somebody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle some of these hit, quick hitters. Uh, Nick Bennett in chat says, how can employers empower their employees to better become SMEs, subject matter experts, and drive pipeline organically through their content? I think not everyone's going to do this, but I've found that typically at the company, first of all, like don't think that everyone's going to do it. It's not doesn't need to be everyone. You, I would rather channel like who are those really passionate people inside of the company, and can you encourage them to do it and give them hints at like things that they might be able to say. I also think that there's so much content that happens inside of a company, from emails to Slack messages to videos to wiki posts. One way you can help do that is be like, whoa, hey, hey, Daniel, that thing that you wrote internally that was amazing. This would actually be awesome as content on LinkedIn. You could obviously take this out, like find the internal opportunities that people have already written as opposed to trying to push people to go from like this blank slate and have to come up with new ideas. Everybody, could you raise your hand again if you raised your hand before because I wasn't, I didn't put myself as co-host. So if you want to come up and ask a question to me and Dave, feel free. Or if you don't want to come up in front of a crowd, feel free to. Here's another one while you do that. Rachel says, what other ways outside of category creation can you differentiate your company in a mature competitive industry. I think there, there's a million ways. I think you, you can be different or you can be better. If you can't go and create a new category, like a differentiation could be your, your company's like a benefit for an employee. You pay for a hundred percent of college education. You give everyone a bike. Those are made up terrible examples, but I, it can quite literally be anything. It just has to be strategic to your business and something that you can actually live. Like for example, a differentiator for Ben and Jerry's is not that they created a new category, but that they're very like social responsibility and political activism has been something like that's a big part of their brand. And that in turn is a differentiator for them. I think it can be something like that. What other companies are doing great for B2B marketing on LinkedIn? Metadata, Gong, Dooley. The fact that the, like you can't name a bunch of people that are doing well on LinkedIn is the, the fact that you should start doing something on LinkedIn if you're a B2B like marketing company, if you have a marketing audience or a finance audience, because I think there's so much space of people doing it not doing it well. I can't even name many. That's That means like they have taken the space on, in the head on LinkedIn. I see more people than companies. Hold on. I think I have a list of, I'm going to look it up, but we should answer this question from Samantha. Can I, as the marketing manager, be the face of the company? We don't have any executives who are interested in creating or following on LinkedIn. Does it work for me to be the person on LinkedIn for the company? A hundred percent. This is what I started to do at Drift. I was not even VP of marketing, I was marketing manager Dave when I started to do that. And it worked because at Drift, we were, I worked in marketing and we were selling marketing software to other people. And so it was like, I talked a lot about how we were using our own product and others at the company did the same. And so that would worked. I think this can totally work for you. And even if you're not selling it into an industry where like you're using the product every day, I think you can think of yourself as like the tour guide for the company. And so you're like the spokesperson, basically. You're going to share all the news and information and and maybe your execs don't want to be on LinkedIn or have a following, but like, could you talk to them regularly and share their thoughts? I think I was at a point in my career where I didn't have much wisdom on my own. And so a lot of what I shared was from David, who's the founder and CEO at Drift. And it worked to grow both of our followings. Uh, so my question for David is that uh, I've just started uh, 
I just been assigned the LinkedIn page, and uh, the page wasn't doing uh, well uh, before me. I have been posting on it for fifteen days now, and I've tried to post every day, every day of the week, and I have seen an increase in the number of engagement and the number of followers. Uh, but I, I think that uh, it might be difficult to continue this going forward because I would need, you know, a, a lot of uh, new things to post every day. What do I do in that case? I don't think you need to post every day. I think it's a good strategy. It might might be working now, but I think I don't like. I think the the key to growing your page is not going to be like, well, I posted every day for three hundred sixty five days and I grew X followers. I think the reason you might post every day is so you can figure out which content is more interesting or which content seems to be a better fit. Like, so of that stuff that you're posting every day, are there things that you're learning? I think it's not necessarily about posting every day, but I think we give the advice to post often because when you post often, you can learn more. And so like, also it's only been 15 days. So that's kind of the other part of this, like come back to us in six months. That's kind of like the real answer. (laughs) And like, seems like you're on the right path, which is like, it's starting to work, but like, yeah, you don't have to burn yourself out and and post every day. Like not to give you a cliche line, but like it, it is true. It's not about posting every day. I think that having something to say is going to be more meaningful. And so I, I would now be like, okay, cool. I got, I got 15 days of, of data. I just would take it one week at a time and like, okay, what, what content are you going to create for next week based on what you know now, like based on what you've learned and how can you keep doing that? The other thing I would say that you could do that doesn't require two things. Can you be commenting on other people's stuff to increase the reach of your page on the platform? And so like, can you make a list of a hundred people that are meaningful in your industry? And can you go and can you like request people to follow the company page? Daniel, how does, how how does that work? Yeah, you could, I think there's 250 people a month that you can request now. I mean, that would be a totally reasonable thing to do. 250 is a lot. Could you kind of like basically go outbound and get people that you want to follow the page? Also, do you have any other channels? Do you have a website? Do you have an email list? Can you ask people to go to your page and follow your page? And like now that you're posting regularly, they might actually be a reason for them to do that. And I also think like there is a little bit of manual promotion and grunt work outside of the post thing. It's like, how can I tell more people about this LinkedIn page? And so like, do you have automated emails that are going out all the time? And could you update like what's in the footer there? I mean, I have like, I get maybe 15 to 20 new email signups a day. And each one of those people gets an automated email that's from me. And in that email, it says, can you follow me on on Instagram and, and LinkedIn? Like little things like that. Where do you have traffic that you can get your page in front of could also be beneficial? Yeah, I love that. I think scrappiness at the beginning is always great like getting people commenting and getting people to go follow that is in your target audience um whether you outbounding messaging of them but also creating content but thanks for the question i see a question from lorraine now do you have any advice to produce content and how do you keep it up my advice for creating content is you have to consume great content and leave keep your note taking and swipe files up. I think it's hard to create content if you don't continually consume con- great content. For me, what I do is any good idea here on a podcast, any th- cool thing on LinkedIn, I either screenshot or I write in the notes on my phone. And then it gives me a bank of things when I need to write content to do that. Also, I think you could do a process for writing content that I think so many people think they need to say so many different things. Really, the best people, if you look at them on social media, are saying the same things, but a hundred different ways. So if you could figure out 
what are the like the three things you want to say in the main statements and say them in different ways like one day a listicle one day a story one day a huge piece of an advice thing one day something else and say it 30 different ways if you go look at gary v he does that great speakers do that if you see the greatest speakers in the world they basically are saying their same the same speech over and over because they've repeated it so it's really narrowing down your focus and then also like saying it different ways that's such an underrated thing is like you know back to the the previous question it's like don't post every day have two or three kind of like talk tracks that you're always going back to and there's different ways to to hit hit on them like one if i created a separate account for like i have a job board or we've even kind of done it right like exit five we kind of came up with this tagline like because nobody goes to school for b2b marketing oh cool that's kind of a frame for like that's our that can be the content strategy for what we talk about on social media that and so i think like a lot of people jump right to like i want to post on linkedin and it's like well first, what's the story that you have? LinkedIn is just the platform where you're going to like try to put that story out into the world. And so I love that you mentioned that. You got to have that story first. Also, you made me think of this. Like you said, you got to consume that. How many questions do we see from people? Yeah, who's doing a good job on LinkedIn? Or I want to be on LinkedIn, but I don't know where to start. It should be like required homework that if you're going to go, like if you're going to go use the platform and try to spend time there, people are like, how do I justify that? They ask us how all the time, how do we justify the time? I want to do LinkedIn, but I, I can't justify the time, but they haven't even put in the, the time to really think about this. Like, don't go, your time is limited. You can't just go spend mess around on every random channel before you even decide this, have a hypothesis. Like we said earlier, have a hypothesis about why you want to do, why you want to invest time in LinkedIn, why you think it'd be beneficial what types of stories you might have. And then you can get into the tactics of like daily posting or, or whatever. But I love that you said that, like to be a consumer, it should be your home. Can you spend 20 minutes on LinkedIn and find stuff that you like, stuff that stands out to you or that you might have an opinion on? That's the best place to start. Um, there's another good question. And I I mean, I have a great answer for it. Is There's a few people at our company that have powerful LinkedIn followings. One, what's some ways to leverage those connections on our company page? Get them to like and comment your on your on your LinkedIn posts. Um, the way I think about LinkedIn, if you go look at any other channels, and a lot of people do this, is you need to if you early in the beginning, if you could find people in your industry and niche to like start hyping up your content, it's, and you have them in the employees, it hypes up your content. I think of it as like if you go look on TikTok and stuff, there's a bunch of people who co-create together and they hype each other and bring up their followings. Like one person goes creates on their profile. That's the same way it works on LinkedIn. If you like someone's, if someone on your company just as simple as a like, it goes out to their network. But one caveat to that, just make sure those people, if you're if you're using their following, are in the niche, because then you're just gonna get a following of people who are not in your niche and then you get screwed for that that reason but if they're in your niche it's a simple thing is just liking a post and i i'm guaranteed they'll do it for you nancy says how do we find the right people slash posts to comment on i think that's one of the the easiest slash best things about linkedin like with twitter or instagram you have to use something like hashtags which can which can be complete garbage or searching but here like you're actually searching for specific companies and job roles and so you can literally if you sell to VPs of marketing at X type of industry company, you can actually go and search and find all those people. And so I think you, you know, think about who is the type of customer that you sell to. And granted, we're talking about LinkedIn. So I don't, I don't know anything about your business. You could sell 
you could sell cookies in a, in a small town. And I probably would tell you that like LinkedIn might not be the best place, but I think if you're in the B2B context or maybe the founder, actually even, even a consumer company, there's huge value in it. Just has to be like, I think the value there would be more about partners and network, but you, you can go find them. That's the, the best part about it. And so uh, maybe you're a new company and you have five customers, find people just like those five customers on LinkedIn and go and connect with them. That's exactly where I would start. DG, I mean, there's a question here about renaming, rebranding. You just went through this process. Um, why is naming so hard? It's hard because we we make it such a big decision. It's not actually hard. There's, there, there's plenty of companies that have like names that nobody really cares about. And that, that's okay. You don't have to, like, I think you sweat the name. We sweat the name more internally because it's like, I honestly, I could have called Exit 5 20 different things. And I think they would have all been successful. It's a great story and it happens to work. And so it, it works now but i think i think you need to take some of the pressure off of yourself and like just make a decision like here's x names that we like and we're going to make we're going to make a decision in the next 90 days and and, and go i mean yeah, if you think if you think about all the big name brands out there today i mean they are good names but some of them are bad names they just became they just had told a good story that's why they yeah. they remembered like right? is, is craig is craig's list a good name <laughs> <laughs> like you know, there's many or like, what does Slack even, what does that even mean? Like if 10 years ago I said Slack, you'd be like slacking, like ropes. Like I, and it's because now we know what it is. Like, it's a great comment, Daniel, because like your opportunity is like name it and then go make it a, a you know, there's other elements to the brand. The brand is not your, the brand is not your name and your logo. I, I think it's like what, it's the reputation that you're going to go and create. So take some of the stress off of yourself and pick one. If you only have shitty names, though, you, you got to work with somebody who can help you. <laughs> like you need, you, you got to have at least one or two that you like. Marketing Millennials, great name. Was that rocket science to create that name? Nope, but you you came up with it. It's perfect. It's a great fit. You picked it and you went with it. We'll answer two more questions. Um, if I'm wanting to grow my personal brand, how real should I be in real life, even at work? I curse, I laugh at myself, but also on LinkedIn is viewed as professional viewed as a professional network what would you think about that DG? i think that i see more and more people being themselves on linkedin every day and i think that's the opportunity to stand out you're always gonna upset somebody if you curse or whatever or to have a different belief than they do but that that's just how how it's going to be and so also i think it's just much easier you will have a much easier time creating content if you're being your authentic ish self then trying to think about like, I'm trying to be some, I got to be some character. And what would that character say here? Someone asked about um, how to make content more relatable. What is the biggest key to figuring that out? And I, and for making content more relatable, I think to be able to make content more relatable, you have to like start looking what your audience is actually talking about. For the first like year on LinkedIn, I would like, and I still do this to this day, but actively read comments on other people's posts and my posts and see there's common trends of like, okay, people are talking about this, people are talking about that. And then to go post on the market millennials, I'll go say, hey, people are talking about TikTok. Maybe I should start posting more like memes and stuff about TikTok. I mean, mine's a meme tweet shot page, but like you could do the same thing if you, it's a different avenue but like if you're doing it for your customers go look at what your customers the active questions they're asking or 
the audience your active questions asking and create content around those active questions because that's how it becomes relatable is it's actual questions people are having at the moment or actual conversations that are happening at the moment that's how it becomes relatable again like going back to you have to be a consumer you have to you have to actively read like i see dg dg runs x5 and he's constantly in the comments answering people's questions and that's probably where he gets a lot of these content ideas from because he, I, i'm talking for you but i actively see you in comments of people i could create 10 different businesses just from what i learned from exit five and i'm not but like it's been the most unbelievable source of feedback for that reason you nailed that answer by the way how do you be more relatable you got to be inside of the head of the person that you're talking about why, why do you why do you send your friend like when you see something on instagram or tiktok that makes you laugh it's the funniest thing i send it to my wife because it's relatable like there's some new young parent like little kids like video like it's relatable because we're living that right now it's the same thing like if you sell to cybersecurity and your content is not real or relatable to actual cybersecurity pros, then it's it's gonna fail. So you gotta get inside of the heads of the people that you're trying to reach. And again, this is not this is all rooted in like you're trying to sell a product, you're already talking to these people anyway. It's using that knowledge to your advantage. Well, I also end to one last question because I think this is good. This Marty Millennials does repurpose tweets and I do not think if you need to be a thought leader, you need to repurpose tweets on LinkedIn. The reason why I'll tell the story, the reason, the quick story why I started doing that. I actually started doing that so I can get the people on Twitter to be on my podcast as guests. So I was trying to get my target audiences on my podcast and I started posting tweets, screenshots, and then I saw that they it had reach. But then I started figuring out why they have reach is because it stands out in the feed. It disrupts the feed. It was a dark post, which means a black tweet, black background with text on it. It was easy to consume, easy to read. I think you could do the same exact thing with figuring out a, a background that works and big text, or you could just, I also say this to other people is just like, the reason why a lot of content does not work, and this is tough to say, is that your content, like a lot of content isn't that good online because they don't fig, like write how a post should be written. Like it needs to have a hook. It needs to have some value in in the the text, and then it needs to have some sort of closing, whether it's a CTA or something. That this is the takeaway from this post, and I think a lot of people just post and think it's going to do something. You actually have to write good content and have a good. I mean, when you're when you're on LinkedIn, you literally pull it up on your phone, and you're like scroll, 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 and so like all you're looking at is the first ten to fifteen words that headline. But like for some reason, when we go to post and we just we just take a long paragraph and like copy and paste it there and it doesn't work. It's like, I think there's a line between like people kind of do these gimmicky like one line, one line, one line, one line, one line posts because like you see the headline and then it says read more. But I, but I think the non-gimmicky version is like picture you only have that line to explain what's in your post. How would you do that? And then you can expand on it later. Awesome. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much, DG. I want to give you like a, a minute to just tell people. I honestly think that DG has a great community. So if you're in BBB marketing and you have more of these questions, it's probably a good place to ask some of these questions. You can just go to exit5.com. I don't need to do a big uh, promo. I think if you got value out of this today, 
you get come in and get the content. Uh, there's also an email list. So if you're if you're not ready to join the it's a paid group, if you're not ready to join it, just go to exit5.com and you can get on the email list. And I talk about this stuff regularly. Also, I was going to ask Daniel if we could grab this audio and run it on the Exit 5 podcasts later. So maybe we'll, we'll do that. And I think there'll just be other ways for us to, to stay connected. But you've already done all the plugging that I need. This is amazing. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. And anybody, if you want to ask me questions, go. I know we didn't answer all the questions. And I always feel bad when I don't answer all the questions. But there was a lot. Just DM me and I'll, I'll shoot you a, on LinkedIn and I'll shoot you a a message back and to try to answer your questions but thank you for all for joining this has been great thank you for taking time out of your day and thank you dg hey thanks for listening to this episode of the exit five podcast if you're in b2b marketing and you want to grow your career you should also go and check out everything that we have over at exit5.com we've got articles we've got videos we've got templates plus we have a community a community of over four thousand b2b marketing pros whether you're deep in your career and want to connect with your peers or just starting up and you want a place to go where you can see what people are talking about, get smarter about B2B marketing in your own time to grow your career and help grow your company, go and check it out. It's exit5.com. You can get on the email list there. You can join the community. There's 4,000 marketers in the community. We have a job board. We're always adding new stuff. It's really becoming the number one place you can go if you want to grow your career and learn more about B2B marketing outside of what you're doing inside of your company every day. So check it out, exit5.com. And I also want to make sure I give a shout out to my friends at Hatch. That's hatch.fm. They produce this podcast. It sounds amazing because of the work that they do. And they work with B2B companies just like yours. They offer unlimited podcast editing and strategy for businesses. You can get unlimited podcast editing and on-demand strategy for a low monthly cost. All you got to do is just upload your episode and they take care of the rest. Go and check them out. It's hatch.fm. Hello, hello, hello. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. If you share a pipeline goal with your sales team, then you care about the deliverability of your team's outbound emails. No email visibility means no chance to get that meeting. This is the silent nightmare for marketers. We often don't even know that this is happening. The most common cause of it, it's actually an easy one to fix. You're not using the right tool. That's why hundreds of marketers at companies like Mutiny are switching to Apollo.io. Apollo has every tool you need to power your entire outbound and inbound motions. Yep, that's right. I said inbound emails too. You can ask their team about what that is. Marketers using Apollo have seen outbound email deliverability jump from 62% to 98% after making the switch. 98%, that means more replies, more meetings, and of course, more pipeline. Want to see what type of results you can get with Apollo? Head over to apollo.io slash e5, apollo.io slash e5. If you go there right now, their team will set you up with a free account for you. And as a thank you for your time, check this out. You're going to get a free annual membership to Exit 5. That's valued at $275 just for checking them out. And the tool is free. If you're not already a member, this is a great opportunity. And if you are and you want to learn more, go to apollo.io slash e5.